let's get the official introduction out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wild ones of all ages, step right up to the Electric Circus, because it is my sincere honour and privilege to have Mr. Chris Hansen on the Bang of the Hound podcast with us. How are you doing this morning, brother? I'm good. Uh, really uh, honoured to be here. Uh, a little nervous. I haven't done this in a while, so uh, um, I uh, made sure I, I shaved and got a clean shirt on just to make sure I'm on time. Anyway, my name is Chris Hansen. Uh, I, I live uh, in the outskirts of Toronto um, in, in a small town called Stoffel, Ontario. Um, I've been practicing karate since I was 10. Uh, I'm 50 now. Um, I can't say I've been practicing continuously. I mean, life got in the way. Uh, but more or less, I'd say a good 25 to 30 years of that time, I've been pretty constant. Um, karate has been my main expression. I, I've been training in, uh, uh, traditionally trained in Shorinu Karate. Uh, Matsubayashi-ru. Uh, my certifications come directly from Okinawa. Um, I, I put about 14 years on the roadmap on that, and then I ventured off into into Kempo, uh, which is this system over here. My uh, master passed away in 2015, unfortunately, but uh, prior to his, his passing, I, I spent a lot of time with him uh, developing a curriculum uh, that is very open-ended and template-like, and to be honest, he was the one of the only, I'd say the one that opened my eyes to to basically holistically training with other people and looking at things just from a biomechanical point of view um, and keeping ego and, and and everything out of it. So he basically taught me how to health, healthily develop relationships among different martial artists. And with one really simple rule, he says, go out there, go travel, um, ask as many questions as possible, and basically try to see how you can connect with someone else biomechanically um, and bring it all back and we can all learn from it. It's so simple. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, um, and he said, he says like by nature, the nature of us being human beings, you know, having limbs and a, and a, and a, and a nervous system, just by default of that, we are connected in more than one way. Uh, you know, we're, we're connected. So therefore we are the same. We only have like, uh, you know, uh, our, our opinions get in the way and our emotions get in the way and things like that. Right. And, and so, you know, this has been brewing in, in, in my cup for, for all this time. So my expression of karate is very similar to what you're doing. And that's, that's probably why I'm very excited to talk to you because um, I see you box. I see you do weapons. I see you grapple. I see you uh, mix things up. I see you get real. I see you even do traditional stuff. And, hey, man, this is what it's all about. Um, so that's my journey. Um, my basic hangout has been... Uh, I have a home dojo, which I've built. Uh, uh, it, it's taken me a lot of time and money to do. So I have a, a, a I guess you could say, a pretty professional place downstairs uh, on a small scale. I, I can house about six to eight people. I teach uh, friends and family. I keep it very low key. I don't have uh, time to, to, to scale it uh, anything big uh, because, mm -hmm. I, as you said, I'm a full-time school teacher. Um, and so what I do is uh, I travel uh, all over the world um, to, to train and to uh, to teach as well um i just came back from the uk um uh, this summer uh john titchen uh, uh hosted me and uh introduced me to a, to a lot of a lot of uh practical karate guys uh in the uk so that was a great experience um i've got a gig coming up in australia which i'm really excited about nice. uh, a very small school yeah like in in queensland uh, there's a really uh, 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 an organization there uh, karen's karate that's uh have have, have seen some of my dinky videos uh, out there and uh they like what I do, and uh, it's refreshing, they say, to see somebody open-minded. And, you know, I said, listen, man, uh, 
there's this there's a dime a dozen of us out there. Uh, there's so many people open minded. You just got to find them, you know. Um, anyway, I, I don't want to do too much talking. Go ahead. Like, I, I'd like no, to hear from yeah. you too. So, this, this is why we have you guys on and guests like yourself on because um, the the best thing between a podcast is what someone once said to me is. Um, a podcast should seem like a, a chat over a pint with two friends and you just happen to be listening in. So that's always like kind of the cool way to run with that sort of thing. Um, you've touched, I mean, you've such a fantastic potted bio and potted history of yourself. And there's a lot of common grounds within yourself and me. Like um, I actually was teaching out my garage before Stephen Havoc became an entity. Yeah, me um, too, me too. <laughs> well, when I first came to Canada, I actually was um, teaching at another dojo in town. Um they have their way of doing things. I have mine. It just, it, it we coexisted for a while, but there was never a real symbiosis there. And, and eventually, you know what? It was like, okay, you guys do your thing. Again, I, I never say someone's wrong. I'm, I'm never saying I'm right. I'm just saying that for what I need, this probably isn't the environment I'm going to flourish doing it. And exactly. now doing my own thing in my garage. I, and like yourself, I had the equipment and stuff. And then I outgrew it, basically. So one of my students happened to be Sarah Jade, and and um, that was how Habit got founded. We we have a JKD and, and a Steam rather. We just kind of came together and said, "You spend half your time here anyway. Why don't we just spend all the time in one building and we're good to go?" One of the things that you touched on it was it's it's interesting because it seems to be one of the paradoxes in the way the martial arts are evolving these days. So you're what I would describe, forgive the very very blanket term, as a traditional based martial artist that are now in a very progressive, open mindset to finding your own expression within the arts. And you almost seem to be finding fertile ground in the community for that to happen. Yeah. Although my original background is obviously traditional, I'm a JKD practitioner, which is supposedly a non-traditional art form that allows you to find that freedom of expression, which seems to be getting increasingly dogmatic as the years progress. Yeah. Do you think that we've kind of got the position where JKD is going through what traditional martial arts went through several years ago and is now, as the traditional martial arts are coming out the end of it, JKD is kind of going through the middle of it and eventually we'll sort of meet out the end in one giant big party? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, <laughs> wow, this is a big topic. Um, we we kind of touched upon it earlier on uh, informally when we chatted earlier. If you remember, we talked yeah. about this word tradition. Uh, to me, to me, tradition. I'm just going to take an aside here. To, yeah, please, tradition please. is 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 a is a relative term, and it's relative to time. Um, and you know what what exists as tradition in that snapshot in that particular year, or 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 or, or a span of years, is it, it's, it's looked on. How could I say? It's it's seen as tradition by people who who see it the same way. And so if we don't, if we're not aware of of, of all those customs and ideas and, and nomenclatures and, and bowing and and ways of doing forms and all that, if we're not aware of it or we're not even willing to learn it and understand the essence of it, then when we look at it from as time passes and we kind of just recently discover it, we're gonna say, oh, that's traditional, that's old school, man, that's whatever, right? Um, and so because of this perspective i think yes to answer your question yes there there is trends and it, and it, and and it's and it's evolving but but things evolve like let, let let's face it we make decisions as as human beings based on need um based on need of ourselves based on our own learning bias based on where we are at in our learning uh based on our our, our mindset our, our emotional state with our relationships and our and our uh, spouses whatever we make all these decisions because of all that and so like so like i i find like for example 
the, the JKD world, um, they're, to me, I've always seen them as being progressive. Uh, I've mm -hmm. always seen JKD guys progressive. And in fact, it's, it's, it's ironic. I am, I am, I've, I, I, uh, I expressed Karate Unity. I started Karate Unity simply because of one JKD guy. And I told you about this before. I was on an online forum called uh, Asian Avenue, and, and no, it's not a porn site. I get that right away. I just want to get that clear, okay? Um, and uh, it, it was, <laughs> oh boy. Um, it was a social site to get, you know, uh, North American Asians together um, and basically share hobbies and this and that. So I, I was told about it. I had a little space there where I could share martial arts. So. One thing led to another, this JKD guy in Toronto kind of liked what I did. And he says, you know, you kind of, you're very similar to a JKD guy. And this was back in the nineties. Right. And, uh, he, he came to my, he came to my doorstep, ding dong. And he says, let's train. And we trained and we, he says the best way to do it is through sparring. And I said, all right. So back in the day, you know, uh, I, I did 14 years of Shore and Rue and we did a lot of praying mantis. So a lot of our, mm -hmm. a lot of our, 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 our form, like the way we would hold ourselves is kind of like low. And we would yep. hold it, hold ourselves like like this, or we would get, kind of do that. Our and and our entries would be chop and hit, chop the hand and hit, and very very similar to Wing Chun, their lap sao and 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 center line striking and stuff, very similar. But the thing is, he had a boxing background, he had a Thai background, he used to underground fight, and he's just a a very wiry, strong dude. He could grapple, he could shoot, he can do single legs. He knew he knew about weapons, so his mm. range of of motion was was spot on. But I didn't know that. So as soon as I touched hands with him, I said, oh, great, this is my realm. As soon as he touched my hand, I trapped him up and I hit him and I scored. And he just, he, I, I, I hit him lightly in the, in the jaw and he says, nice, nice, that was nice. And so just that reaction of itself, I, I, I just felt comfortable that he didn't get pissed. We trained again, we, we, we started again, we reset. I, he did the same thing, he fed me something and I kind of slipped out of the way. I trapped up his hand double. And as he felt that, he just simply slipped out of the way Hook punch down. I was out, bro. I was out. Um, I I I came. I, I've never been knocked out like that. So, man, we have to talk. I learned this stuff. So I This was back in the '90s. I started learning boxing. I did some savat and this and that. But anyway, back to your point. I think there is a trend. Um, and I and I I I see people just like in karate. Uh, I see I see instructors kind of. They're doing amazing things, but they're doing it in isolation. So, for example, karate guys, uh, I can't speak too much for the JKD guys, but maybe you can shed some light. But I'll just tell you from the karate world, in karate, there's it, it's such a sea, it's an ocean of, of skill sets. So you've got uh, people who do competitive karate, and, and people bash on these guys. And you know what? They shouldn't. Because when you take a look at these guys who are doing competitive karate, yeah, they're doing the best they can given their rule set. They're doing the best they can given the rule set. Now you put them in a in a UFC uh, in a UFC rule set. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, and 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 this, they're going to have to like bulk up a bit, and they're going to have to just you know deal with different weight classes and stuff. And let me just tell you, if they can do it in that competitive circuit, they can easily move into a UFC circuit. But the point is, people stay in their silos, and and so like you get guys, then you get these people who are doing forums, who are we're really good at forms, and I'm not bashing that at all, but that's all they do mostly. And then um, people bash on them. They're saying that's not karate. To me, it is karate. It's just an aspect of karate. So, 
So what I'm trying to say is there's all these different aspects. Uh, there's people who do kabuto. Uh, there's people who do self-defense or practical stuff. Um, but the problem is they're doing it all in isolation. They're not welcoming other people from different styles. Um, and because of that, they're not seeing the whole picture. And to me, martial arts is exactly what it is. It's martial and it's art. And it's a yin, that to me is the yin yang. And that's, it, it's, it's the gem, it's the gelling of everything. And it's, you need to allow that to happen. So we learn, we, so I think JKD, correct me if I'm wrong. JKD is doing that. There's, there's tons of people who are concept guys. Cause I came from a concept group. Um, and then there's guys that are, that are, that are very holistic. So I, I'll, I'll turn it to you. Cause I, I'm not sure about that. Within JKD, I mean, the, the oversimplification that you often get put out is there are two camps. There's the concept camps and there's the original JKD camp. Um, now, the concept camps are from, by and large, the Inosanto lineage, so as it's described. Um, yeah. The original Jeet Kune Do guys tend to be from the um, Jerry Petit, Ted Wong, and similar lineages along those sides. Complicated further, because then you have Taki Kimura's group, who technically aren't Jeet Kune Do, because Taki was never graded in that, but it's a name, just a name, not going to stress too much about that. Then you've got Jesse Glover's guys um, on the non-classical Gong Fu side. Um, you've got James DeMille out in Hawaii, who does his uh, Wing Chun Do. You've got liars on the outside that never... Leo Fong's doing his thing. So it's fragmented, and everybody has their own... It's it, one of the biggest ideas. Have you heard, as a teacher, have you ever come across the, the blind man and the elephant um, story? You've frozen on me. I'll, I'll assume that you said yes or no to that question. Um, so you just got a little bit digital. Um, I'm going to give you a pause so we can get you back online and get the signal. I've lost you, brother. Oh, you're back. I we were a little jaggedy there. Yeah. I said yes earlier, by the way. Yeah. Okay, there you go. We'll, 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 hang on. Yeah. Let me give you a pause so I can just do this as a cut for the audio edit. Yeah. Well, the story of the blind man in the elephant. <laughs> um, Bruce Lee used to tell this story quite a lot, actually. And it was like um, three blind men um, go up and they, they uh, have never felt an elephant. So you go up and they touch it. The first one grabbed its leg and said, oh, my word, this elephant is like a tree. The second one grabbed the trunk and said, no, 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 the elephant is like a snake. And then the third one grabs a tail and said, no, 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 the elephant is them has a portion of the truth. They're not wrong in their perspective, but they're just unable to perceive and yeah, see. Yeah, they're, they're the seeing piece. an aspect of it. And this they're is seeing an aspect of it. Yeah. Exactly. But because that's your universe and your experience, that's your truth. And that's why it has to be the blind men and the elephant, because they can only feel what they know. Of course, I don't want to dissect the story down too much, because it's like, well, how the bloody hell does he know what a tree's like? Because he's blind. Yeah. But we'll leave that aside. Um, <laughs> what I've found is within the JKD community, they got the, and they've all got their pros and cons. Now, my own instructor, uh, Harinder Singh, um, is certainly my mentor and my brother and guide as well. He's not as dogmatic as, as many other I've found. I mean, you're talking about a guy who trains with Professor Marcel Luzardo in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's a brown belt under him. He's a disciple in uh, Taiji um, with uh, Sifu Arnold Time. He's also doing Bagua and internal Qigong and, and stuff with uh, Professor Jerry Allen Johnson, who's a tremendous figure in the community, if you know who he is. He's just Sarada yeah. Screamer with Grandmaster Down T Bone, who happens to be one of my instructors as well. He's done boxing with uh, uh, Coach Derek Sierra, who's a pro boxer. He does wrestling with John Clark, who's Olympic level 
so all these guys, and of course you have got Professor James Hunden, my personal superhero, um, Small Circle G Trap Boxing, and there's I'm, I'm Ben Dare, Wing Chun lineage as well. So there's all these pieces that that Sting does, and he doesn't go in there and do his cheek and do. He doesn't go in there and do his wrestling into Wing Chun. He doesn't do his karate. He doesn't do it. He takes the essence of each piece, and he decides to, and he makes that part of yes. his bigger holes. It's gestalt. This is the way it should be to me. Yep. Okay, and it's not mix. It's not mixing. So this is one of the biggest myths. When I came to Jeet Kune Do, possibly like yourself and like so many others, it was like, well, Bruce Lee took the best yep. bits and made this ultimate martial art. But no, he he really didn't. He was looking for yeah, that exactly. common thread. And right. it's wonderful hearing you reference it when you speak because JKD, even though you're not JKD, because you're looking <laughs> for that common. That synergy, you know, between the arts, that crossover. One of my other guests, Michael Billings, um, I don't know if you saw the interview I did with him, fascinating dude. Um, we have very different starts in the, from our teaching lineages, but we, we basically do this. One of us crunchy and one of us smooth. That's basically where we're at. And we came from completely opposite ends of the <laughs> spectrum to come together. What I've found in the Jeet Kune Do yeah. community is there's a lot of people that are very, very quick to say, well, Bruce Lee did this and Bruce Lee did that. And if you're not doing what that is, then you're not doing Jeet Kune Do. Their right. argument is... Same with karate, man. Bruce Lee gave us, so this is what we... It, yeah. You know what? It really is. But you know what I mean? But how many people... And I'll throw this question to you because it's not a soliloquy from me on the podcast. When you look at karate and they say, well, Shotokan is traditional, therefore this is what we do. But how many people know who uh, Funakoshi's instructors were? Exactly. So he, do. He, com I mean, he became a combination of his instructor's contribution. You know? So, um, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. See, so I, I, if, I may add, like, if I may add, like, cool. no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Were, were you? No, no, you finish. Uh, you, can you hear me? Okay, no, I was just yeah. going to say, uh, where, where's my thought here? Um, I find, I find in, 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 it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to poke, uh, poke anything sensitive here, but I find a, a, there's a huge uh, similarity between organized martial arts and organized religion, and and and, and I find mm. I find it I find it like, uh, you know, you, you get people who are who have these cliques, uh, and and how can I say, um, they only know what they know, and they're scared yep. of knowing something else, and 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 to me, I see this every day as an educator, uh, as an educator, I I I teach like on on average a class between 25 and 30 kids to see the truth but have fragile egos because of their age and their developmental stage and their upbringing and and, and social uh, environment and this and that they're they're not permitted to take risks so one of the big things in our school board like I teach out of the York Region District School Board is where we're trying to create student voice where where it's okay questions it's okay to explore and it's okay to learn from different 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 like Think about it. As you said earlier, a piece of martial arts should include taking the essence of what someone has to say. And what does that really mean? That means you have to be a good listener. You have to put your, it's like, and uh, one of my teachers in North was, was telling me about this. And also, I'm losing you a little bit. Of I'm losing a bit on the audio there, brother. I don't. It sounds like oh. this is going to be an awesome point. I don't believe it. Oh, can I got, you? I got can one you hear of me now? Teachers in Carolina. Can yeah, now. one of my teachers in yeah, one of my teachers in North Carolina says the best way to learn is 
we all have, have cups that are filled with different ingredients and ideas. He says, take the cups. He goes, but don't bring it to you to class. He goes, take it and just put it on the shelf where you can see it. And then take another cup and take it out and have it open to all the people that are there in the room so they can fill it. And then once in a while, and then whenever you feel like you can take some of these cups in here, you can pour it inside and make a beautiful drink. Stir it, drink it, and enjoy it, right? When we yeah. learn in school, I mean, think about it. When we learn in school, we have dictionaries, we have uh, technology, we have so many different subjects, and we're, we're asked and actually make connections, connect between the dots of all your subjects. Connect it. Learn from this book. Learn from that book. Write. Express yourself, right? I mean, this, this is good learning. This is the learning uh, paradigm. So why cannot we take this and study? And the, the way I, the way how I'm learning personally, I see the synergy there, you know, where we're learning the essence from, from different things. And, you know, people can bash and say, you know, Bruce, Bruce said this, Bruce said that, but let, let me just put it this way. Do you know Bruce? Have you hung out with Bruce? Do you have instructors that trained with Bruce? You know, like, I mean, the only way you can make, validate those statements is if you have a direct connection to Bruce, knowing where he's at, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You are, but even within that, I would qualify that further. Some of the people that are putting themselves out as arbiters of truth trained with Bruce for about four years, okay? Now, within that four <laughs> yeah. years, don't forget Bruce is doing TV shows, Bruce is doing movies, Bruce would relegate his teaching duties to Diamond and Santon with the people as well. So it's not even two years, five times a week or anything like that. It's like once, twice a week, privately. And I'm not saying Bruce wasn't a good teacher or anything like that, but as I said on a Jeet Kune Do podcast, and I kind of got a little bit of iconoclastic response from it, Bruce was 32 years old. I didn't know shit from Apple Butter at 32. Yeah, there's so, a level of maturity, right? A level of maturity yeah, that, yeah, again, yeah. That's not a knock on Bruce. He happened to just die at that age. So yeah. to believe that a man at 32 is putting his feet up with a nice warm cup of cocoa and saying, well, that's my life's work finished, is frankly laughable. So, capsule I find incredulous. The other thing I always laugh at as well is most of the people that are quick to critique that are very, very fast to say, well, Bruce Lee did this and advocated this, therefore this is all you should be doing. Most of these podgy fuckers haven't been on a Stairmaster in the past 10 years. So it's like, well, you're quick to do the techniques. I don't see you doing the road work, the push-ups and the skipping that you advocated as well, you lazy prick. So it's, um, you're not, sorry, I started going off a little more. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like when people quote Bible verses out of yeah. context. It's like you have to look at this as a whole. You can't take one piece literally and then say the other piece is um, symbolic. It's it, yeah. It, mm. yeah. So going back to your religious analogy, and it's interesting you say that. Some people know, some people don't. But I'm a practicing pagan myself. Um, I, you know, I have a. Um, that's why you see a lot of Norse and and various imageries drift across my Facebook feed from time to time. Um, but for me, religion has always been unverifiable personal gnosis. Now, what I mean by that is it's deeply personal to me, my experience, my truth, my reality. And what I have to do is try and remember that and get to as close to the essence of, of truth as I can, whilst being aware that my own perceptions, experiences and life um, lessons will color that filter and that perception. So my nice truth point. is not necessarily, and my truth will not be your truth, your truth will not be my truth. And it's yep. the same when you view martial arts. I mean, a distance between two objects, and this is some, again, Matt Thornton did a great interview the other day. He said a similar thing. The distance between the earth and the moon, as we measure it and we get more precise measurements and more uh, distance of measurements. But if we say, oh, it's a thousand miles away, 
Then it turns out it's actually not. It's 50, it's 1,000 miles, 500 meters. Then it's 1,000 miles, 500 meters, 10 centimeters. Then it's 1,000 miles, 500 meters, 10 centimeters. And two. So the distance doesn't change. Just the way we measure it becomes more accurate and happens to work that way. Now, when yep. you take... That's, that's a, an, an absolute truth that we just gain better understanding of. So the truth doesn't change in terms of its actual, its, its isness, the way it's we constant. perceive that it's truth. There. Yeah, it's a yeah. constant change, but the truth itself doesn't. When you look at religion, you're looking at unverified personal gnosis. When you take a martial art, um, essentially you're looking at the same things as well. Um, and you can be effective in one art, and not effective in another, that same person can be effective in that art and not effective in another. So you're always looking at those partial pieces of truth. Um, one, yes. of the things I've found, one of the things I've found is um, if you question anything in Jeet Kune Do, people go nuts. They, oh, don't yeah. like, they really don't like you questioning Jeet Kune Do. And, 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 and in your opinion, why is that? I'm curious to know. Dogmatism. Yeah. Yes. And insecurity. Yeah, they, they, the thing is, if you, and this this is a big, big thing in the JKD community. And I think this is at the heart of a lot of the old JKD stuff. You've got a guy that doesn't want to get in the ring and get his face smashed in by a pro boxer. They don't want to feel like they're having the very life crushed out of them by a wrestler. They don't want to get a foot in their eyeball from a karateka. They don't want to get that knee in the midsection from a tie fighter. So they yeah. hide behind, well, we don't do that because it's it's a variation on the two deadly spar arguments. Yeah, insecurity and dogmatism, for sure. Exactly. So Bruce but Lee did I find, it. I find dogmatism is is because is, is a product of of insecurity, though, right? Very good. I mean, yeah. But how many how many people sell JKD? Well, Bruce Lee did this. Well, that's great if you assume Bruce Lee was like. I mean, obviously, I, I love Bruce, I'm, and I'm not saying he's not great. Look, I've got my Same here. Yeah. Check it out. But that assumes you're selling a product that everyone else agrees on, and believe yeah. it or not, they don't. So if your only sell is Bruce Lee did this and someone says, well, Bruce Lee sucked, your entire argument for why you do things is now gone. What you have to be able to do is articulate beyond the figurehead, beyond Bruce Lee doing something and get to, as we discussed earlier, the essence of why we do something. We, if you train with me, I will say you do this because of this, this, this and this. You might also want to do this. Personally, I don't, but other people do. The reasons they do it, this, 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 and this. Give them a go, see which one suits you better. That's always been the way I do it. At no point yeah. do I say, do this because I say so, or do this because someone else says so, or do this because Bruce Lee yeah. did it. It's choice. You're giving yeah. choice and you're giving voice. It's like it's like us going to a buffet. Uh, we have this buffet here in uh, in Toronto called Mandarin Buffet. Uh, in my right. opinion, it's not a really good buffet, but uh, it's a Chinese buffet. It's very Mandarin. Americanized. Well, you've been there, right? You don't yeah. like it, right? Yeah. Nah, see? Anyway, so uh, it's like that. We have choice. Uh, we, I personally, when I eat that food, because I, I came from a traditional Asian cooked uh, background, I eat it and, you know, there's there's time. I'm in a, sometimes when I'm in a mood for deep fried stuff, I'll eat it, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. And I'll put it in my mouth. But some people like that stuff. I'm not going to judge them and bash them for, for liking it, right? No. So, so what you're trying to say, what, what I think what you're trying to say is we have a right to, 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 to like and do what we feel is, is, is necessary, right? Mm -hmm. But some people, some people, you know, will not allow you to do that. Because, no. and, and therefore, you, you've got this insecurity and you've got this dogmatism and you've got teaching in silos um, and ugh, it's unhealthy. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, I'll, I'll qualify it further. I don't believe giving people freedom 
uh, as in like carte blanche. It has to be specific to purpose. Yes, a, a need. There's gotta, it's gotta fulfill some sort of personal learning need or functional need. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. So if that's self-defense, you have to have an underpinning with a self-defense paradigm. So yeah. obviously my background in law enforcement gives me somewhat of a unique exposure to things. It's like I had a discussion with someone the other day and it was like, well, you know, how many fights have you been in then? And I said, well, I don't know about fights, but I've had over 1,500 violent confrontations, if that counts. Yeah. And it's like when you start to throw numbers out like that, already there's reference points I've got, which are so far above and beyond, because they're like used to like having a push and a shoving match in the dog and duck all the time. I'm like, no, I'm being shot at. I've had knives, I've had gang fights, I've done arm takedowns. So, and I'm not boasting when I say that. It just happens to be my experiences. So that's what colors a lot of the way I do things. So if I'm training for my police career, for example, although I have response options all the way from, oh, you stop doing that, right the way up to shooting somebody, um, I got a different paradigm in the middle because the majority of my time is going to be spent doing arrest control and restraint. So my training reflects that with the other options. If I'm in more of a self-defense capacity, then I might be doing more impact and run techniques. If I'm in a sporting yeah. capacity, it's going to be the ones that are scoring. If it's Muay Thai, kicks and elbows are all right. If it's just kickboxing above the belt, then obviously I'll be focusing on that. Um, and as you said, I try and get as much exposure to all these as I can. We have a, a very successful team in esteem. And, you know, Sarah Jade, my, my partner in crime, she took national uh, uh, national medals, provincial medals, and we should have been fighting in the world. But for various reasons, we didn't go this year, we're going next year. But nice. to speak to the larger point that you're, you yourself are making and to then throw the ball back to you, um, no, it, it's, it should be pragmatic. Instead, it's dogmatic, and it seems to be getting worse. Oh, yeah. Same, same in our world. Uh, our, our, our world as in martial art world. See, yeah. I have a problem even branding this as karate. Like, I, 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 like my, my teacher, he had the same problem. He, says, uh, he said to me, uh, he says, first of all, I knew that he was going to pass. So he was slowing down, and he was dishing out a lot more, and he was saying, Listen, I have a, I have a curse, he says. And he says, the curse is I have so much in my mind and I have so much connections and so many people that I want to see and learn from. And he goes, I need to pass the torch on to you. And he says, I, I want you to do this. He goes, he goes, learn as much as you can. Learn the essence. Go out there, travel. And he goes, bow your head. And he goes, and he leave your ego out the door. Put your cups, all the, all the learning cups aside. And he goes, just empty your cup and, 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 uh, Keep it empty and then start filling and mixing and this and that. And um, you know, uh, karate karate for me is 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 more of a, a delivery system really. It's more of a concept. It's it's just a name. It's um, I, I really don't want to call it karate to be honest. I mean, I just put this together because it's a cool shirt, man. Um, the, really, the only validity here is is this symbol here, and the the idea of unity and the fact that I'm Canadian. I, I'm not cool with this word, uh, and I'm a karate guy. And, and people are going to go, whoa, what the heck? Whoa, what are you doing? Like, you know, right off the bat right there without understanding where I'm coming from, right? Because yeah. I've mixed, mixed and, 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 and had the pleasure, um, you know, to meet so many people um, and I managed to save some money too to, to go and travel. Like I try to, I try, uh, you know, part of my, my goal is I try to be at at least one overseas place a year if I can. Um, and I try to teach uh, at one, either one local place here, like on, on a relatively big scale, um, and I try to go overseas too, uh, once once a year. That's that's my goal. So and I'm manage, managing to meet that. And because of that, I'm very humbled, man. I'm very humbled by knowing what I know and what I don't know. You know. Yeah. Um
back to what my, my, my sensei says, there's so much to learn. Like, as you said, like, you know, you learn based on what you need. So like for me right now, I'm 50. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a few health issues, but it's under control. One of them being like, you know, related to my liver. Um, and there's like apparently some fatty infiltration in my liver. So the good thing is it's easily reversed and it's reversed by training more and diet. Right. So because of that, because of that need now, my, my, when my training downstairs, um, and I'll show you, I'll, I'll show you sometimes, uh, I'll show you footage of my basement, uh, one day, uh, and another time if, if, if you're okay with that. Um, well, hopefully I'll be there training with you one day. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm coming up to see you too, man. Um, yeah. but, um, What's it? Uh, because of that, I need to lose 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 the fat on the inside. My 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 training is a lot of boxing and kickboxing kind of thing, and that's not my main training. But I'm doing that. I do a lot of hip training now. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm getting into the skipping, um, and I have a membership to a gym, so I, I I'm using the ellipticals there, and I use the dance studio there to do a lot of uh, shadow boxing um, and stuff like that. Um, so I train based on what I need, and I teach my students based on what I think they need. Um, right. it's that simple, man, you know, like, yeah. It, it, what, what I found amazing about that whole, um, thought process and, and actually your, I could take your words exactly, exactly. And replace karate with Jeet Kune Do. And that would be me talking. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Actually, it really is weird. And I have to stress to the audience at home, oh, no way did we rearrange or plan this. It just happens to be convergent pathways. Um, <laughs> Because it's very, very true. Um, and it's it's so refreshing to hear. Actually, I love to see the traditional arts really coming into their own again. Because there's been such a rejection of what they represent because of the road they went down. And again, referencing a, a callback to what I said earlier, Jeet Kune Do's gone through the same thing. This art that was supposed to be so pragmatic, so effective and so lethal isn't so much anymore. I mean, you take, you know, 90% of the JKD practitioners I know would get shit canned off an average boxer. Um, yeah. And it's nothing yeah. to do with the art, it's to do with the training methodology. The training so, methods. Yeah, 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 for sure. Literally, you know, it's, 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 you train under pressure, you perform under pressure. You don't train under pressure, you don't perform under pressure. Yeah. Then of course, even pressure changes, as you said earlier on, a point fighting system is different and continuous is different and full contact yeah. is different than yeah. MMA. The, yeah. the whole thing changes. Um, but again, if I may, if I may add, yeah. if I may add, the, the, the whole point of pressure and uh, aliveness, um, this is where I see as being the disease in, in a lot of uh, the arts. I'm not going to yeah. say traditional art, the arts. Um, yeah. um, and, and like, for example, like I came from a hard, hardcore karate school. Um, my, my teacher, uh, his name was Kwai Wong. I, I, uh, one of my teachers anyway. Um, I started there in... Uh, uh, late 70s, early 80s. And back in the day, even even then, like things were starting to, to change. Um, but we we sparred, like sparring was our big curriculum. We sparred yeah. and we didn't have equipment. We would just go. And our geese were filled with blood and sweat and snot and all that, right? We would just beat the piss out of each other sometimes. Um, and, and the point is, um, that was good. We would do drills, but then we would break out of the drills, right? And, 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 and that's healthy because you back to the education paradigm. Okay. I teach math. So, I, and, and I teach language. So uh, let's, let's talk about math. I'm going to teach you how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. I might teach you some square roots. I might teach you some exponents. All right. I'm going to teach you those skills in isolation. So I'm going to teach you like, you know, at, at a primary level, I'm going to say, there's one object, here's another object. 
we know by language, this is one and this is the second one. So one, two. And then if we put it together, one plus one is two, right? Well, that's great. We can wrote, memorize that. And that's kind of like, you know, me doing a kata. And to me, a kata is a biomechanical alphabet. And yep. I'm gonna repeat, it's a biomechanical alphabet. Um, we, we, just take, we just take a movement, but this movement is isolated by just saying, I'm just, it's the same analogy as I'm taking this and this, I'm, I'm adding this. But what if, what if Johnny had three of these, okay? And then two of these, and then, and then somebody stole this. And then, and then for some reason, the wind blew these two over. That's messing it up. That's not the original problem, right? But if you understand about subtracting and you understand adding, you can flow these things together in a problem, right? And so this is where these, these techniques need to evolve. A lot of people, you know, in, in a self-defense world, uh, you get two karate guys, and this, this frustrates me because they start off like this, and then, and then the other person is, is, is in a fixed position. And then they come in and they just do one punch. And then the other guy does a myriad of options, which are beautiful, by the way. The options are great. We're all biomechanically sound, getting offline, chopping the hand, hitting, taking the leg, instepping, doing all these different options. But here's the thing. No one's moving and there's no changes and there's no level of athleticism. And the guys that are doing it have bellies up to here. <laughs> so, so I, anyway, that's my rant. But I think you know what I'm trying to say. I do. It's like what Bruce Lee used to call that dissecting the corpse um yeah it was like and but you you do need that you do need that so what you're saying is you said the answer is two how do you get to that answer you can add you can subtract you can multiply you can divide you can square root you can you know so the, the, the way you can get but you can get to the same answer regardless but once you understand the process you're going to get to two regardless right um so and yeah like, i i totally get it and 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 the thing is you know jkd wing chun uh muay thai uh, boxing, believe it or not, boxing, uh, we, we talked about a traditional thing, traditional word. Boxing is just as traditional as karate, man. Muay Thai yep. is too. And yep. BJJ, like people bash on all these, all these, like there's this dichotomy. Uh, it's back to your elephant thing, you know, but they're looking at an aspect of a limb and they're saying, okay, well, uh, they're looking at the trunk of, of, of the elephant and, and they're saying, well, Okay, well, BJ, you BGJ guys are all sport guys. You guys are big, muscular. You've got cats. You compete. I'm not going to hang with you guys. Why? Well, first of all, because they don't know how to deal with – they don't know how to communicate with BGJ guys. Like, listen, I train with all these guys, and I'm telling you right now, BGJ guys, boxers, Muay Thai guys, guys in MMA gyms, despite what people think, they're the most respectful, kind, controlled people on the planet, bro. Why? Yeah. Because they're getting their ass handed to them on a daily basis. Their ego is checked. They're getting beaten up. And guess what? After they're going out for beers and they're bouncing each other, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough love. And I don't see that in a, in, in some traditional schools. I just don't. Um, and it's uh, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I also respect why they are that way. And I, I, don't, I, I can't, listen, I can't lead the horse to water. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I myself, I myself was like that. I can't from an environment like that. So I totally get it. And it took, took me getting beaten up and my ego checked for me to say, all right, I need to learn now different things. Right? How, much, I mean, how much of that do you think is cultural, like given the genesis of what's it? I mean, and I'm not saying martial arts are certainly not unique to given areas, but given yeah. the vast majority, we're looking at Chinese and Japanese cultural influences as yeah. well. How much well, of I think that a lot of it's cultural. cultural. Oh yeah. I mean, you've got this whole hierarchy 
I mean, you know, in the, in the it, respect is big, and and I I think it's it's very important. Like you know, in the, in the effort, you know, you know, you bow. Uh, there's a lot of this bowing thing, and and this and I, and I, and I, and, I, and I don't mean it when I say it bowing thing. I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. I mean there, there's this deep rooted um, spiritual uh, cultural uh, meaning in in a bow, right? But but I find you know it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you know saying the word Christmas. You know now I mean in in, in the school system uh, when we say Christmas we can't say Christmas we have to say uh, uh, holiday. winter holiday. You, yeah. you know what I mean? But but even if we do say Christmas, people just understand it as being you know it's a time to eat and hang out and have fun and sleep in and this and that. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Where, where I'm going with this is is let me come back. Uh, the cultural thing. I think, yes, you're right. And I think it's because there's this hierarchy that, that's, that's, that's established, right? Yep. Say says, okay, dad and mom says this, you do, right? But I mean, there's validity in all that stuff. It teaches you respect and stuff like that. But at some point in time, even in these, even in these uh, traditional, I came from a traditional uh, Chinese and Indian family, man. I get it, right? But the point is, every mom and dad that comes from these, these uh, any, every mom and dad in these kind of environments want the best for the kids, and eventually, they let go. They let go, and you have to think for yourselves. I mean, that's how it is. But for, this is where I'm trying to find out. I don't know why, though, that this hierarchy is established and stays this way to the point where it's sick. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's like, dude. I used to train in clubs where it was frowned upon. I told you this before informally. I could... I, we used to exchange phone numbers in the change room so we can train with each other. Bro, like we couldn't try things out in, in the class. We had to be all the set stuff, which yeah. is fine. But at some point in time, you got to transcend that, right? So, I, I, and, and the reason why people stuck to that was because I think the culture and the, 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 the hierarchy that was established um, and fear of breaking that, you know, like yeah. I... Yeah, you, you, you do something different in a school or you say, like you said, like if you, you question it, oh man, you just don't ask questions, man. You don't ask questions at seminars. You don't ask questions in these kind of, in these dojos because uh, you'll be, it'll, it's very disrespectful. So. <laughs> One of my anyway. um, great comment just come in from um, Bulldog, my UK boy. Um, he said, um, Grandmaster Goober, so Danny Goober is a Dr. Perez guy, or certainly was once said, don't respect me too much, otherwise you'll never ask questions. Um, yeah. And it's true. Now, I had the same thing. My first um, uh, teacher was Sente Likofi, who's a, a Shukakai stylist, um, uh, Shigeru Kimura um, lineage. And I still do an awful lot, and I mean an awful lot of Shukakai elements, certainly when I teach the karate aspects, but ironically a lot in the JKD world too, because again, it's commonalities, it's biomechanics. And yeah. um, I was that kid, because I was a teen when I started training, you know, young teen. And I was that kid that every class would ask a question. Like, and I'd ask at the end, and he must have had, like, his vein popping in his head every time I walked up to him at the end of the class, you know. But he was, yeah. but he was you know, he was a, a, a very traditional-based instructor, very, very firm, very specific. But he would also answer any question openly. And he was able to tell you why we do things. And the sense you always got was, look, until you know your ass from a hole in the ground, <laughs> don't start dicking around with it. When you're good 
at what you're doing, then you can kind of move on to something else. You need the foundation before you can add the floors to your house. So yeah. if you're planning your bonus room, but you haven't even yeah. got your footings in place, you're way yeah. ahead of yourself. And unfortunately, yeah. people, especially within what I call the Western mindset, we tend to do that, that instant gratification, you know, the microwave yeah. meal, the, you yes. know, the, all that the sort instant, of stuff. The in, I call it the instant noodle syndrome. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of which, I do love pot noodles in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, no, it's exactly what it is. Um, so whilst it will fulfill a need, it's instant and it's certainly not a quality product. But when you look at um, the more traditional way of training, like, I mean, you take a guy like Wang Xu Jin from his Baguazhan, who's again, one of my personal heroes from over the years. He used to have to stand still for years at a time before he was taught anything else. So the training method was almost like that slow filter, you know, you, you, yeah. it, the, the flavor seeps through eventually and you get this glorious product. Whereas here yeah. we're like spoon in the cup, pouring hot water, add a bit of milk, coffee. Um, yeah. it's, so a lot of it's that cultural shift. And that's why I find there was a little bit of a disconnect with the teaching methods because it was like the expectation. Was, I mean, it was an honor back in the day for you even considered to be teached. You know, for me to teach you martial arts back in the day, you had to earn that right to even step through my door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These days, customers are like, well, what do you mean you're not giving my kid a grading? I paid right. my memberships this month. And so you have that too far almost the other direction. Now it's a leisure activity in the same way that piano lessons or football or hockey is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have that, but yeah. you lose, you, you kind of lose something with it. So the traditional stuff and that dogmatism and that, and that adherence has its place. And as you correctly oh, no, said, sure. It has its place, and, and it's and it's got its place in 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 uh, in in building good uh, good foundational skills. You know, like we as a karate guy, and I can also say as a kung fu guy too, because I trained kung fu for a bit too. Um, we spent a lot of time on uh, mabu. You know, the, the, the horse stance. Yeah. We did a lot of horse stance. We did a lot of cat, cat stance work. We did a lot of drilling, right? And uh, the thing is, I mean. Um, I can argue, okay, so we did all that. And then eventually, you know, it, like you said, it trickled down into a little bit more free play, but still a lot of drill, drill sets, right? Mm. Which was fine. But I find now because of the, the, modern, the modern way of training now, you can achieve those results in very short periods of time. Yeah, um, and, yeah in very short periods of time. Like I, you put, a, you put a, an athlete in a, in a boxing gym or an MMA gym, and I'd say on average, I'd argue in about – Three three months, two three months. Uh, they're they're learning they're learning dynamic footwork. Uh, they're learning how to move. They're learning how to step off the line, and and uh, they're they're learning they're learning how to pressure test their game. Like honestly, when I when I joined uh, um, the, my gym that I'm at now, uh, Sam Lumpini Gym, a great place in East York. Uh, they 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 teach uh, Sabat Muay Thai boxing, uh, Krav Maga, um, and they pressure test their stuff all the time. Really really good environment and. Uh, I haven't had any ego issues there because everybody comes from different styles anyway. So uh, that's my home right now. Um, so anyway, um, my first my first time there, okay, my first day, okay, I learned how to how to stand, okay, I learned how to stand and and I learned how to do the jab, right, and then and I just biomechanically and we did sets of that on right one right side and on left side and then right after that the next the next I'd say after 15 minutes I was paired up with somebody and we were doing a jab drill. So somebody threw a jab, I had to move out of the way. I, I, I was taught how to slip and then I had to counter. And then I was getting hit, my fist was getting stuffed. I was missing and this and that. But the point is all these things are valuable skills. I did that on day one, bro. 
And so I spent like one month in that gym. And I, 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 I'd say that one month is equivalent to like about maybe four months in a karate school. Yep. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's, all, it's all a matter of tweaking the level of resistance and maybe cutting off. Like you don't need to repeat so many things so many times. Like even, 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 even when I'm, when I'm teaching, I mean, that's a fallacy, I think like I'm teaching, like I teach mathematics and I don't need to drill the heck out of a kid on how to add something. Right. Uh, once they've understood that two things are connected and, and, and you can count them, they've got it. Now I move on to the next thing. But the problem is with traditional teachers, I, I don't know why they, they feel that you need to drill the heck out of this for years. I'm a little bit skeptical on that approach. I don't think that's necessary. I think um, they they were taught yeah. that way, so they passed on how they were taught. Um, yeah. I think that's one. I think that's one aspect of it. The other one is as well. Um, if I have you for two years, and I yeah. get you to a really high level within that two years, I might lose you after that two years. Yeah, if yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If I yeah. drip feed you for ten, you know. Yes. So I think I yes. think it's like anything else. You can hold things in reserve for the simple fact that it, it allows you to to keep that person for longer. I don't adhere yeah. to it. It's why, you know, I, I don't do contracts or anything like that at my club. I, I, I want to give you what you need right up front. Um, yeah. uh, you, you Theoretically, you have one class with me. You should be able to use what I taught you in a car park or at least yeah. take one thing from that class and use that in a car park afterwards. You might not get the whole class, but there should be one thing, whether it's like a slip or an eye jab or whatever, you should be able to take that with you. But like you yeah. said, it's interesting to use like the jab catching and movement drill. We have three foundation drills, jab, cross, and hook. Because it's yeah. a movement, it's like a, a quick straight line, a powerful straight line, and a big swing. You know, it's like those are basic. That's ninety-five percent of what you're going to encounter. So yeah. you you, to, you move yeah. against them, and then obviously you got the grapples and the bits that go in with it. But we start with a very basic response, just yeah. like retreat, like retreat. Once yeah. you've got them down, then you can retreat, retract, counter, or you can counter a treat. But you can make it your own. But at the end of the day, you you have to do it from movement, so you never get lost. And yes. if nothing else, you can just move. So you've, yeah. always, you've always got that response. Now, the other thing is as well, of course, and uh, I know you're a man after my own heart, you have to hit the person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you got to so, connect that distance. Yeah. You mentioned, you referenced your teacher earlier that um, effectively gave you uh, uh, permission to share and, and actually actively encouraged it. How long were you with him? And was he always that open in his approach or was it something he matured into? Oh no, he was always open. So uh, his name is Vic Arnold. Uh, mm -hmm. He he was a teacher. Uh, he he was a he was born here in in actually northern Ontario, um, and uh, big tall gentleman had paws like that. He he, he was a, uh, a HVAC guy, heating heating and air conditioning guy. So he worked with a oh, lot of steel. So his hands were like mitts. Okay. Um, he trained with he trained with uh, his his background is very simple. He trained with uh, Goju. He did Goju for a long time. He trained with some uh, high-level guys here in in in, uh, in, in Toronto. Um, sourced back to Peter Urban um, in, in in the U.S. Um, oh. He trained he trained with Ed Parker. Uh, he would fly fly out to Pasadena uh, very often and, and train with Ed Parker there. He was his Canadian student. Um, Ed Parker, uh, you know, he, he's apparently the founder of uh, uh, American Temple and 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 he popularized. Uh, you know who Ed Parker is. Oh yeah, right. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful JKD link there as well, of course. Because uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Ed Parker was was very uh, good for a lot of martial artists. He put a lot of them on the map and helped them out with their schools and this and that. And uh, 
anyway, uh, he uh, fell in love with Vic and uh, he said, listen, I really like what you're doing with your, your open-mindedness with, with, your, with all your arts. He goes, I'm going to uh, rank you as an instructor. And I saw the certificate. It's just signed by Ed Parker. He says, you're welcome to do with Kempo however you wish. So Ed, Ed felt uh, 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 liberated by this. And so like back in the day, like I met Ed, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a little bit of a truth here. As I was training in my original Shore and Rue club, there was a mm -hmm. bit of crossover. So I was cheating. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I uh, would go off on the weekends and train with, with Vic. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I was, I was burning, burning candles on both ends. And, uh, uh, the point is I, I kind of gravitated towards Vic because naturally my bias is to be open. Um, and I, I, I love my teacher. Don't get me wrong. And like, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'm in very good standing with that first organization because of my open-mindedness. Um, right. I, I was, saw, I was, I, I was seen as, as a cheater and not loyal and this and that. And, uh, you know, I've tried very much to make amends there and, you know, as I get older, I don't like burning bridges, man. But I, sometimes I, I try, I try, and I couldn't make it happen. So, anyway, Vic was always open-minded. To answer your question, um, he was always studying and reading. And even before the internet, he was basically just traveling, reading stuff. He, I saw he had profuse notes. He would draw little stick figures and connect things together. I, I was, I was lucky. Before he died, he passed some of that to me, and I took photos of of those notes. And uh, so, yeah, he was always open-minded. To answer your question. Um, and then when the internet came out and he started discovering all these different teachers, like he was even more open-minded to the point where he was, he was getting a little confused. He says, okay, yeah. we got to slow down a bit now, you know? Um, and, and, and yeah, so then, you know, when he passed, he says, listen, you take the Kempo, you take this Kempo in any way you want and you, you unite yourself with your students and you go out there. And that's what these dots represent. These dots represent the, the, the unity of everybody, everybody's ideas. And this symbol here uh, means mindfulness where you, you're, you're aware of this unity and you constantly be aware of it. And you never, never forget uh, that there are other people out there uh, that you can turn to um, and, and you can be part of this circle. You know, that's, that's something that I came up, that I came to fruition, but I have to say that, you know, Vic kind of gave me the nudge to do this, right? So. And we know he'd be proud of what you're doing, brother. We know he would. Um, so we're getting towards the end. Um, yes. Every guest I have on, I ask him the same thing. Um, would you be happy to come back, say, a few weeks down the line and we'll kind of like carry on and, and flesh out some more? Hell yes. I mean, I've, I've had a riot, actually. I've had a blast on this one. It's oh, me fun. too, man. I, I, um, I, I, I'm very appreciative of your time. I mean, you've taken out an hour of your time. I I, uh, I respect that, man. Thank you so much. No, no, thank you, brother. You're the one that's honoring us by the, by sharing what you do. I mean, I, I'd happily just turn the camera on and around for an hour, but it doesn't make for a good podcast. It's a funny podcast, but it's not always got the material to it, you know. So if I want to get a hold of you, or if any of the uh, uh, the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Um, I I, uh, I have a, I'm on Facebook. My name is Chris Hansen, so you can find me on Facebook. C H R I S H A N S O N. Um, mm -hmm. I also have a uh, Karate Unity, uh, Karate Unity um, uh, Facebook page, uh, along with a YouTube channel and an Instagram account. That's Karate Unity. So you can find me there. Yeah, I recommend everybody check it out. It's a fantastic channel. Really is good. There's some great, great Thank content you. on there. Um, and yeah, Chris, been a joy. An absolute joy to have you on, man. Oh, likewise too, man. I just hope I didn't piss anyone off. <laughs> no, hell no. If I don't manage it, you certainly won't. Uh, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it's like, yeah. no, honestly, uh, truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on with us. And um, we'll definitely, definitely do this again soon. Um, is there a parting message you'd like to leave for everyone? Um, all the best. Have a great weekend. Uh, stay healthy and uh, keep learning, man. There's so much out there. Just, just get out there and learn. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Thank you very much, my brother. I appreciate everything. Appreciate you. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Do you have yourself a great weekend, man? All the best, bro. Take care. Take care, man. Bye. Okay, bye. I told you that would be a ripper one. Um, one of my visions when I started the Bang of the Hound podcast was to shine a light on people that don't know so much good stuff out there. We don't have to keep going to the same old people. Not that I mean, they're there for a reason. You know, they made their bones, they're there. But it's amazing what you can find on your doorstep. So I'll bet you there's a guy in town near you that has got so much to offer that you could learn from. Go seek them out. Go do that. And Chris would say the same thing as well. What an absolute joy it was to have him on here. I, I had a blast. As you can tell from our interactions, we were just riffing and just throwing. And um, you can see how well uh, me and Chris got on and how well we aligned absolutely independently of each other. And I think that's the, the best takeaway from this. We have arrived at almost an identical point in our evolution. Um, and we came from completely different uh, countries because he started in Canada. I was, I started in England. He started there. I started where I was and we went completely different pathways, different teachers, different arts, different styles. And look how close we are. That alone will tell you that there's probably some, uh, some meat in our stew. Um, so yeah, absolutely glorious. That's all from the Bang of the Hound for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I did. So I know for a fact that some of you guys would have done too. Um, in the meantime, uh, I wish you a good weekend, Remembrance Day. So, of course, uh, we're going to take that time to one of those that, uh, that fought for our freedoms. And, um, yeah, uh, next guest will be announced very, very shortly. But until then, remember, a hound will die for you, but he will never lie for you, and he will look you straight in the face. Have an awesome time, guys. You take care now. Bye-bye.